to lead us in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 32. Okay, if you'll, uh, while we're getting set up here, you'll turn your Bibles. We have the passages there. Do I have to be in the middle or on this side? Yeah, just a little bit. I'm kind of like, put me right here. Thanks. We're still in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, and um, we're going to be covering the second half that where Michael stopped... Um, for his section, which is 1 to 17, we're going to be going from 18 to 32. And we're going to be covering, um, let, well, let's, let's open in a word of prayer before we get started. Our Father, we just ask you to open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things from your law. In Lord Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And really, that's what we want, right? It's just for him to open our eyes because this, Really, when you come to Scripture, every part of Scripture, I'm sure you've said this, like, wow, this is great. This, you know, you, you come to a verse. I remember at, at a certain stage in my life, uh, Romans, um, excuse me, Psalm, um, I believe it's 119, 105, I think. It might be mis, I gotta look back up, or maybe in the 90s. Now I can't even remember, but I, it was one of my verses that I, I attached to myself because of what I was going through. And the verse goes like this, because you know, Romans, uh, excuse me, Psalms 119 always ends with something about God's word, his, ju- his law, his, uh, commandments, something about that he is speaking. And it's always encouraging the person to go for it in, in, in what they get from it. But it says this, that it was good that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes or learn something about your law. And there was something I was going through. I was like, wow, that's really what, um, uh, the, that the, the Lord has brought me to. But this particular section, really, Romans, I'm sure when we get through it, you know, you're going to see this. Wow, this is really the condition, the diagnosis of the world today. Especially when we get to this part of, the, the, uh, of, of Romans. We started off, if you remember, we'll throw this back up. David mentioned it in uh, this morning about the outline. And I um, got... You might need to click the PowerPoint. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Can you believe I actually work in IT? All right. Okay, so um, I might have... Okay, there you go. So the outline, David, here it is. I actually asked Michael's permission, but I took out some of the things that he had, the illustrations and whatnot, because um, that's from Michael's mind. And I do remember it, but I didn't want to go back and explain it because I knew I was going to uh, chop it up. But I did like the outline because I think it was great that we started with this. And right now where we're at is the wrath of God, Romans 1, 5. We're not going to spend too much time over this because Michael did a great job. But this is where we're at. Um, there we go. Wreckage of sin, it's Romans 6 to 8. Uh, Romans 9 to 11, the waywardness of Israel and the walk of the Christian 6 uh, Romans 12 to 16. Now, I wish Thomas Wheeler was here because we always talk about Romans 17, which, of course, doesn't exist, the stairway to heaven. That's a Led Zeppelin song. There's an inside joke, but he wishes he's here. Maybe he's watching it, and he'll get a kick out of that. But anyways, that's the outline for Romans. So the wrath of God, and what we're going to look at in particular is, 
it, he says it, the wrath of God. And so this is what I really want to start with. If you've got your Bibles open, Romans 1, we're going to look at this one verse. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. We'll stop there. No, we'll stop right there for a second. If there's verses sometimes that give me, even now I'm, I'm reading this, and it gives me the goosebumps, it makes my hair stand up. You know, there's another part, which it wasn't directly sent to me, but um, in Genesis, if you remember the, um, the stories of Abraham, as he's going through and walking through his pilgrim journey, remember he was called out of, of, of his homeland, and God told him, listen, just go over here, follow me. He gets up and follows him. But along this journey, he's learning things, and he's trying to uh, take matters sometimes in his own hands and, and not fully trusting God, uh, God. But he gets to one part, and apparently, I guess, um, the, the society seems as barbaric as it is today, right? Some of the things that men do, they did back then, right? Thousands of years ago. It hasn't changed. But, um, you know, they see a pretty woman. And they see she's attached to somebody. Well, if I can just get rid of the, the, the other mate, I can have that person for myself. And so Abraham spent some time in this, in this one particular place and this man, Elimelech, which just basically means the king. So he's the king of that land. The king sees his wife. Now beforehand, Abraham knew this was going to happen. He says, you know what? They're going to see that Sarah is very beautiful. At this time, I think she was in maybe 85 or 90, which is amazing. I, I just The biology of that time was different than it is now. But she was still a very attractive woman at that age, right? The, the, the decay of what we see today didn't affect them the same way. Abraham lived to 100, what, 175, right? But anyway, he says, listen, he devises this plan. You know, I, to save my own skin, instead of uh, consulting with the Lord... He says, you know, you tell, you tell everybody as we're walking through this town and gathering supplies and whatever we have to do there, you tell them you're my sister. Because you know what? You know, once they see that you're a pretty woman, maybe some rich person will say, hey, I want to attach her to my uh, retinue of women or whatever. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to bless his, her family, you know, to get on the good side of them. And so it's exactly what happens. The actual king sees her, takes her for himself, finds out that Abraham's not the husband. He's just her, her, her sister, uh, her brother, excuse me. And the first night when this happens, you know, he brings Sarah into his house. And this is what I'm getting to. This is what kind of still makes me stick up on my, uh, my hair stick up. You know, God comes to him in a dream. This has never happened to me. But the first words out of his mouth is, you are a dead man. I mean, I would have dropped, I mean, he was sleeping. I don't know how much more dead he can be. You know, obviously he's alive, but I would have just fell down flat. I mean, talk about a scary dream. God coming to you, you're a dead man because he got some. This is another statement. God's right, uh, God's wrath is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. It's been revealed. We're going to find out how. Now, you know, the concept of, you know, we think of God's wrath is not maybe, you know, some kind of a man-made religion or some kind of movie, you know, where, there's a, 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 a deity figure with some kind of lightning bolt and he throws it down on people and his judgment sometimes is skewed and it's sometimes off and it's not just. And, it, you know, it almost seems like he's a human, right? God's justice or God's wrath is just. 
And you know what? You know, some of the things that we object about God that, 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 uh, the unbeliever or the, those who are outside of Christ, they say about him, you know, they blame him because of this aspect and they say, well, he shouldn't be acting like that. But when we come to here, we're going to find out, you know what? There's nobody to blame except for us. God is righteous in his wrath. He is still maintains his holiness and the blame ends up falling on us. You know, this is some of the objections when you, when you talk to, Maybe even some believers come across these. I gotta admit, sometimes I hear stories, think about one person in particular who started questioning their faith and started asking some of these questions and they grabbed answers and they started reasoning with their own mind instead of looking at the Word of God to find out what, where, what, what God says about this and they pulled away from the faith. Whether they're saved or not, I don't know. But, you know, you can look at some of these objections. This is what I want to put. I'm just going to set up. There's going to actually be a fourth time, a fourth uh, column. But some of the objections that the world throws at and try to disprove the Bible say, I don't need Christianity because, you know, I, I, I have this uh, uh, thing against it and it, it's foolproof. Oop, too fast. Why is the world in bad shape? We're going to directly see from the chap, uh, from our section, why the world is in bad shape. Another one they might say, um, oops, too fast. Why is the world getting worse and worse? I mean, you get uh, some of the, the uh, sins that are out there, maybe just um, looking at the news or, or reading something online. One of the things, I mean, all sin is bad. Everybody is affected by different things, uh, you know, more heavily. But one thing that kind of like, I just can't, it, it grosses me out just to think about it, is human trafficking, you know? And to think about how this actually works, and 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 you think, nobody sees this, and, and it seems like it's just getting worse, and to take people and and, and, and their child and, and just brainwash them to be, uh, to set the needs of their captors and whatever it is, how, it's just getting worse and worse. It existed, you know, remember, thousands of years ago, and it's just getting worse and worse. How, I mean, where's God? Why isn't God stepping in and doing something about this? I mean, I don't want to just leave you there. God is taking note, right? <laughs> he is taking note because while his wrath has been revealed against all ungodliness, it's not the full wrath because if it was, we would cease to exist. We heard about death this morning, about a death, but the final death that everybody's going to face if they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, God's uh, salvation that he's provided for the entire planet is that they're going to be permanently separated from him. To a place where he's not going to be, he's chosen not to be, the lake of fire. And that will be the final judgment. So God is taking note. He does care about what's going on. But why is it getting worse and worse? Where is it? Why is he not stepping in? Now the next couple ones you might have heard too, as people throw objections to try to disprove why or try to um, to justify their belief of not believing the Bible. We can't directly answer these from this particular passage, but it does start here. How could a God allow blank, whatever it is? How can God allow my mother to die? How can God allow me to get in this accident and be paralyzed from the waist down? How can God allow the, my vision to be lost? How can God allow me to lose my job? You know, you, you hear this from, from people sometimes. I hear this uh, in particular. I've said this before about one coworker, but he goes back, he hearkens back to a time uh, at least 45 years ago in his life, but apparently both his parental figures died within a few months, maybe two months. And he tells me, if there's a God, how can he not 
do something about that. How, those are, they were good people, he says. And he withdrawed himself from, well, he says he has, from believing, and he won't go, he won't, to this day, he's right still in constant rejection of God because he goes back to say, look, how could, if God's, well, we're getting a little bit ahead, how could God allow that? Another one you could say, this is also in the same line, um, they, the line of thinking that they come to is, they start then throwing their biblical knowledge at you, which is also their own, um, when you think about the Bible and when it talks about how God's going to judge people and the light they've been given, if they know that God's going to judge and they know that He's good, God's going to judge them on that. But they'll throw this in your face and say, well, I do know that God's good, but then why is that even though, why can't He do something about it? Now, I just want to take a little break from, from this because if you get bombarded with this, I think that's the last one. No, the, the continued existence in the world. That's also explained here. But I just want to take a break because if, if you're a believer, right, and you get bombarded with these questions, in itself, right, when we, this is a little bit of apologetics. I'm not, a, uh, 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 I'm not pretending to be some kind of apologetic master, but we, we just critically think about this. You know, what they're saying when they're coming with these objections, say, listen, this is the reason I don't believe in God. And this is, you know, I'm okay with this. I'm going to stand on this platform right here. If God is good, why is there, why is there evil in the world? He needs to do something about it. Well, what they're essentially saying when they get to this, uh, these kind of line of thinking is they're saying, listen, God needs to act the way I want Him to. So it, it's really, it doesn't make any sense because if God's a separate entity and He's created everything, he doesn't need to act the way that I, sh- I, sh- you know, I think he should act. That wouldn't, he wouldn't be God, right? He wouldn't be God. He'd be a, a figment or a creation of my imagination. He'd be just like Buddha or, or any of the gods, Allah, any of the gods that man think up, you know, they kind of act just like humans. It doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, right? We can't throw this and say, this is our defense. We're going to stand on these kind of things because I think this is the way he should be doing. This is the way he should be acting. Well, then what essentially am I saying? I'm God. Brian's God. And the world should operate the way I see fit. Well, guess what? I'm part of this system why there's evil in this world. I was apart from Christ, right? My whole mind and my... my we're, I'm getting way far ahead, but I have an infection, right? And it's sin. It's an effect in me. The wreckage is sin. We're going to be talking about that later, that sin has this effect. And because I continually do these kind of things, my line of thinking, I've become, I'm getting worse and worse. And when we talk to these people, we got to remind we got to remind ourselves that their line of thinking too is skewed, and it's only the Holy Spirit that's penetrating, right, able to to reach down and 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 show them the light, right. They just need to respond to it. But don't get what I, I just say to the Christian, as I say to myself, right. Don't get too aggravated when we come to these kind of questions, and they seem like they have a solid platform. They don't. Because remember, they're putting themselves in the place of God, and God needs to act the way I think He does. That whole line of thinking, if, listen, one of the things that I, I've come to realize when I'm talking to individuals is, um, sometimes in certain points in my life, I've gotten really, you know, I get to the point where I'm getting real angry with people because, like, they don't really see it. I'm like, not gonna fight them, but I'm getting, feel myself getting hot in the car because they're just so so antagonistic to the gospel. And I'm like, I'm trying to get them to see, right, that that I'm trying, as a car salesman, right, I'm trying to sell them something that, listen, this will change your life. This is what life is about, to be reconnected. And they're just so stubborn about it. 
You know, <clears throat> but if they don't believe the Bible and they don't believe that this is God's word, there's, I mean, we don't have any conversation to talk about. Right? Until you come to the realization that God is God and this is his word, we don't have anything to talk about, right? And so I, I shouldn't put that burden on me to try to convince them of these things and try to out explain them and show them how much knowledge I have. You know, the Holy, that's the Holy Spirit's job. And so really it's, our job is just to, right, speak to the word. But <clears throat> in any case, you know, these are objections that people throw up and say, listen, I don't believe the Bible. I don't, I don't believe anything that it says because, you know, these things, they just don't match up to my mind. And, and especially when we come to these top two, we're going to see what God's verdict of these things is. It doesn't stop there. Okay, let's continue reading. Why is God's wrath revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth? Now, again, I wish I could spend more time here. I mean, this first verse, this is... The constant... God's wrath being revealed from heaven, right? It puts the blame on humans because they're choosing it. It says, by their constant actions of unrighteousness, they suppress the truth. So when we see, right now, we're talking as, if you know the Lord Jesus, we're talking as Christians, but just put yourself apart from Christ, right? There's certain light that has been revealed to them into us. We're going to see that in a second in creation. But they see that, listen, they look around and they say, well, you know what? I can't just think when I look at this Samsung Tab 4 that it just appeared out of thin air or maybe I threw uh, microchips wherever I got those from, right? They obviously had to be uh, appear in thin air and be put back together in, in the way that they're operating and, and everything that's involved in the circuit board of this and I threw it in a bag and mixed it up and it just popped out. No, somebody actually got down, designed the little pieces of it, right? And Samsung, I'm sure, contracted other places, maybe in Germany and and in Korea, wherever, across the world, and they brought these pieces in and they assembled it themselves in this. So there's all these working parts, right? There's a design to it. So you can't think, we, we, that's the way our minds think, that we walk outside, even looking at our own human body, as amazing it is, there's no piece of technology on this earth that operates like the human body. The more we discover, the more we're blown away by it. That this thing, or this creation that we see just appeared out of nowhere. You know, evolution is a direct attack against God, right? That's the suppressing of truth. Evolution. Any kind of world religion. Uh, uh, not even talking about religious uh, uh, people, but people that pursue pleasures and, and try to drown out that the creation around him is speaking of a creator that they owe their allegiance to. They pursue pleasures or say, listen, I'm just going to keep my looking down or maybe looking at what my filthy heart wants and I'm going to suppress this truth down more and more by unrighteousness. It's not just one act. You know, this also tells us too, I didn't put it up there, but some people will, will know something about the Word of God and they say, you know what? How can one person sin? Now this is, of course, addressed later in Romans. But one person sin, you know, what Adam did there or Eve, whatever one they're going to blame at the time, how can that affect me today? You know, that was then. I wouldn't have done that. Right? It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense today, right? Even in our own laws, you know, if somebody goes out and, and, and say, for example, my father, we'll just use him because he's a direct descendant. Of course, Adam is long, 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 you know, grandparent, great, great, great. But 
You know, if he went out and did some kind of crime, it wouldn't affect me, right? Because that was his choice. And so we think, well, how come if Adam, that was Adam's choice. But if, you know, the more we think about it, if we were placed in the same situation, we would have done the same thing. But you know what? I choose every day to continually sin. And, and it, you know, even we think about those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, they're a slave to it. They continually do it. And they choose to suppress the truth, what they know about creation. They see this. They see their body. They say, listen, there has to be a designer. I'm going to suppress this truth with unrighteousness. Well, God says, you know what? This is not going to continue. My wrath is going to be revealed. Now, it's not total, right? We're going to talk about that in a minute, hopefully. we get to the end. But he has a purpose for his wrath being revealed, not the full nature where we're just going to cease to exist, right? But he's trying to do something by releasing this wrath and showing us, listen, if you guys want to operate on yourself, by yourself, without me involved, then the giver of life, it's just going to get worse and worse. And we see that today. The world's getting worse and worse. They say, listen, we think we know better than God. We're going to suppress him. And you know what? We're going to make the world a better place. Is the world been better since its existence, since the introduction of sin, it's gotten worse. Think about it. Mankind before was living almost to a, a millennium. And now we're living what? Maybe a hundred years. We think that's a long life. It's gotten worse, right? Okay, so what's the verdict then from heaven? We're going to look at this. Um, <clears throat> for what can be known, verse 19, about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. We briefly talked about that. So they're suppressing the truth with unrighteousness because God has made it plain to them and God has shown them something of himself. Now, this is really encouraging to me because you know what? You know, this is also sometimes we think, well, what about the the remote um, tribal people? You know, they don't they've never heard about Jesus. Well, you know what? They look up in the stars and God has made it known to them about him. There's something that's been revealed to them that they're not going to be without excuse. Don't ask me exactly what it is. Maybe they don't know the full story about Jesus Christ, but there's something that God has revealed to the entire planet and its creation. It's whatever. It's, it's things about Him. He has shown it to them, and they have decided to suppress that truth and unrighteousness. But because God has made it plain to them, God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His internal power, divine nature, has been clearly perceived since the creation of the world in these things that have made, so they are without excuse. So God has a walking witness right outside the door. He has a walking witness when I look inside and I start looking at my own body. People are without excuse. Remote tribal person doesn't know. You know, a person that's never sent foot into church, they are without excuse. God is not going to, they're not going to appear to God's courtroom and say, listen, I didn't know. God has given them a witness. What about people that can't see? God has given them also a brain. You know, there's, again, I'm not going to pretend and, and uh, you know, wipe a, a broad stroke about how God's going to deal with certain things. You know, what about people that aren't thinking completely straight, right? Their mental capacity is, is not fully there. I don't know uh, fully because I'm not God, but I do know this, that every individual, it says here, for since the creation of the world, they have seen the Creator's divine attributes in it, in the creation. They are without excuse. For they knew God, although they knew God, listen to this, 
There's the first choice that they have, that we have. Although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God and give thanks to Him, and they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Okay, fine. Here's the objections. Why is the world in bad shape? You know what? You're going to continue to reject me, and you're going to continually push me away. Fine. The verdict from heaven is this. Well, we already covered that one. People continually don't honor Him. They don't honor God, Him as God. You know what? We don't need you, they say. We don't want you. We're doing fine just in ourselves. You're trying to hold us back. You know, that's one of the lies from the devil since the beginning. Right? He, she told Eve, he told Eve that God's holding something back from you. He's telling you don't eat that fruit because you know what? You know better than Him. They don't honor Him or give thanks to God. You know what? God says, fine. You're going to continue to persist in that? I'm going to take a step back. And guess what happens? You're going to remove... Ah! Oh, man, I thought I fixed this. Okay, this was actually supposed to not come right away. This is supposed to come down here, so don't mind those for right now. So, futile in their thinking and darkened. So, fine, futile. What does that mean? It means that they were not... Essentially, what it means is they're not able to come to an outcome is that it's actually like uh, 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 Paul talks to Timothy about people that are continually learning things, right? They're in college. They're, they're studying for exams and, 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 and certificates, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They're always running. It's like my dad, uh, I remember years ago, I don't remember where it was. Actually, I do remember. I think it was at a graduation. I remember you told this. I don't remember who it was. This was years ago, but you were speaking at a graduation uh, ceremony. It wasn't here. Anyway, uh, we'll discuss that later. But he said it was like a hamster running in the wheel, right? You know, you've seen a hamster on TV. Do people even keep hamsters anymore? But um, anyway, they're running in the wheel, right, to, to occupy their minds. I guess they think they're getting somewhere. But he thinks he's getting somewhere. But when you take a step back, he's, he's just moving that wheel. And he's not moving any further. And that's, what fut- that's the idea of futile, is that they're thinking, mankind's thinking has become futile. God has taken a step back. Fine. You don't want to honor me? You don't want to give thanks about the things that I give you? Futile thinking and dark, darkened. Right? So they're always learning something, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. What a frustration that must be. And it is, right? We see that today. What's man's answer to that kind of frustration? Well, they turn to something that can escape their reality, they think. They turn to substance abuse. Right? I mean, can you, can you imagine when you come to the end of the rope of this? And the rest of them that we're going to get to, I mean, what else is there, right? That's why we see high suicide rates. It's, this is not anything new. This has always existed in human history. That's not the answer. In any case, moving on. Claiming to be wise, verse 22. They became fools. Exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creeping things. Since this is out of order, this was actually supposed to come next up here. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for, remember, these are the verdicts from God. These are the objections that we have. God says this, fine. You're going to continue in this line of thinking. You're, you exchange the glory, my glory, for images, and maybe not just images. It says images of, 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 of man and of, of birds. You know, I don't know who worshiped birds before, uh, uh, now, but then it must have been, but they became fools. I want to also submit this. Anything that we exchange the glory of the immortal God is obviously something of lesser value. 
Maybe today it's work. Maybe today it's the pursuit of money. Maybe it's the pursuit of, of items or, or, or um, possessions. Images, anything that would of lesser value that a man or a person uh, or a woman pursues, right? Exchange the glory of the mortal God for something that's of lesser value? Fine. Become fools. Now listen, what God's... In, you know, this is like the... Um, um, if you have children or if you remember as a child, you know, your parents maybe sometimes allowed you, you know, you're, you're kind of pushing towards the end. Even, even as a believer, sometimes we do this. Oftentimes we do. We try to get as close as we can to the edge of something that we know is not right. Right? It's like that flame that's on um, the stove or that electrical stove, you know, it's hot. We want to see exactly how close we can get before we actually get burned. I don't know what it is, the thrill of it. Maybe you're not like that. Maybe it was just me. But, um, you know, we want to, and God says, you know what, fine. You want to keep pushing that direction? I'm trying to pull you back. So you don't go that way, and you don't end up being like this futile, and you're thinking become fools. And God's trying to pull humanity back, but they continue going down this path. He's fine. Go ahead. And this is what his wrath is. He's letting go. He's letting go. He's letting humanity spin out of control because they're getting away from the source of life, the source of thinking, the the person of all knowledge. What is the meaning of life? They're getting away from it. We're getting away from it. And God's letting go. Futile in their thinking. Becoming fools. You know, we think we're becoming a smarter society because we're, we're making advances in medicine, and that's all true. But you know what? The further we get away from God, the more foolish we become in the mind of God. Because you know what? The greatest problem of mankind has not been addressed and will never be able to address unless we come to the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. Going on. Therefore, that God gave them up. Okay, worshiping mortal man, birds, animals, and creeping things. You say, how can you do that today? You know, I don't want to get too much in, because I, I think I did make the questions, not I think. So I'm sorry, Yamile and um, Chris, so hopefully I don't cover most of this stuff. But I look forward to the, the conversations and hearing them. Um, but the worship of these, of these, how can you come and worship bugs and things like that? The more we push, the more we get away from God, God's going to just let go. And their minds are just getting worse and worse. Our minds, right? Or apart from uh, Christ, the world's mind. Okay, going on. Therefore God gave them over to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, to dishonor their own bodies amongst themselves, because why? They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature, creature rather than creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Look at this. This one's powerful. So because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, God gave them over to dishonor their own bodies. I should have said this at the beginning. This is, um, you know, this in, in this uh, today's culture, and really in 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 all cultures, not just in 2021. This has always existed, because ever since the Lord Jesus Christ has been in, introduced in this world, was he received with open arms? No. He was pushed away. Mankind clenched their fists like this, and punched their Creator straight in the face pulled out his beard, put nails in his hands, in his feet, spiked him on a cross. So, you know, the rejection of God is not anything new. But when we see, when we read these kind of things, we say, if we present this to the world, they say, this is hate speech. 
you're hating me. You're hating against the things that I want to do. I want to go out and, and, and perverse my own body and, and, and do these kind of things and, 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 and gross things. And we see this today and we're getting, and honestly, sometimes we're becoming so desensitized to it because it's so prevalent in the world and now it's way out there. Guys, I mean, people, don't think this is something new. Before, you know, it wasn't greater in the 60s or the 70s or 50s or 40s, the great old age. It was just hidden. Now it's just out there in the open. People were still doing it. Dishonoring their own bodies. Fine. You want to continue this line of thinking? You want to exchange the truth about God for a lie? Go ahead. Have at it. Dishonoring their own bodies. The lust that's in their heart. God's been trying to pull them back and saving them for it. Now they're just going full thread and God's going to take a step back. Go ahead and go for it. Dishonoring their own body. They've gotten to the point where they're dishonoring their own bodies in what kind of way? For this reason, God gave them up, verse 20, 26, to the um, dishonorable passions. For women, women exchange the natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And men likewise gave up the natural relations with a woman. For they were consumed with one another. Men committing shameless acts with men, receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. And you say, wow, you know. I know what everybody's thinking. <laughs> I want to say it, you know, but you know, we kind of like reserve. You're like, that's hate speech. You can't say that. It's, we don't hate the people, right? We don't. It's not like the the Christian really hates, you know, the individual. But guys, we're we're seeing in front of our eyes. God's laying it out for us. This has been written two thousand years ago. I mean, if it existed in Paul's day, it's going to exist today. But we're seeing the unraveling of society in the way that they're acting. We're seeing it before our eyes. This is, to me, it's a little encouraging because it pushes us to write, to bring them and point them to Christ, but we're seeing it. They're unraveling before our eyes. People are unraveling before their eyes. You know, they're getting worse and worse. They're, they're not able to get to the truth. They're becoming foolish. And what they're doing now with their passions, they're lying with one another. They're going against nature. Nobody's born that way. Don't let that line of thinking confuse you. You know, you hear that a lot. I was born this way. No, it's against nature. They're doing it against nature. Nature's pushing them. Even nature itself is pushing them that you can't do this. They're saying, you know what? I want it. I'm going to be slave to my lust, right? I'm going to exchange the glory of the immortal God for images of my lust. Dishonoring their own bodies. God says, fine. Have at it. Have at it. Why do we see an increased number of sexual diseases? Right? Is it because... God's an evil person? God's just taking a step back. He said, fine. You want to go that direction? It's just going to get worse and worse. You know, if God ended up... This also tells us something about... Um, there's a... I don't know if you ever heard this, but... In trying to, I guess, some line of thinking of trying to rec- reconcile evolution and creation and God's existence, you know, some people... I mean, of course it's wrong. They'll say, well, God you know, started the action of, of evolution. He started the Big Bang and then things, and then they try to meld these two lines of thinking together. But that's not, you know, God didn't just took a step back and let humanity fix itself and kind of run itself. No. If God did that, it'd be a lot worse, right? If God, if mankind was running themselves, we see it today, right? We see it today. God's allowing us a taste of it.
Let's keep going. Last one, and then we'll get to where we um, the good news. Um, they received in themselves the due penalty of their error. So God allowed them. Listen, you want to continue down this path? You're going to receive. You know, it wasn't that he was just a, a, like a Zeus throwing lightning bolts when he sees fit. He just allowed them to keep going. Fine, you want to continue this line of thinking? You're going to receive the due penalty in your own body. Verse 28, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Conclusion of all this, all related. They saw fit to no longer acknowledge God. I say this all sounds the same. Yeah, it is. You know, it, you know, it's still people trying to reject, trying to push God away. Debased mind. Debased is the definition of reduced in value. Men acting as beasts. People acting as animals. Relegating their minds to the pursuit of pleasure, to pursuit of passions, to lust. You know, you look at the world religions and, you know, it can just tell you where the, what mind it came from when you look at their heaven. Whatever their idea of heaven, nirvana, you know, um, think of Mormons. Um, but anyway, you, you look at their afterlife. And if their afterlife is just what you think of the gross pleasures of today, just multiplied by a hundred, you know it came from a human mind. Because they can't think of anything new. So they say, well, you know what? When you get there to this afterlife, you're going to have 100 times virgins. And you're going to be doing this for the rest of eternity. Wow, this is great. Perversion, right? So they saw no longer to see fit to acknowledge God anymore. Fine. God's going to give them a debased mind, reduced in value. What the mind was actually meant to do, if they're just going to continue in this line of thinking, they're going to be reduced in value. Reduced in value. That's why we see human beings acting like animals. Acting like animals. Capturing little kids and selling them to do gross things, disgusting things. I mean, slavery, things like this. You know, where did that all come from? It didn't come from God. It came from our own minds. It came from human being minds. This is sin, ladies and gentlemen. This is sin when it's left unchecked. This is what happens. It's the worst kind of disease. It's not just that it affects the body. Yes, the due penalty of their error because of their uncontrolled lust, but it affects the mental capacity, the base mind reduced in value. What God intended your mind to be, to be in a, a relationship where Adam and Eve had there in the garden, they threw it off for something else. They've been reduced, a debased mind. How awful. God's wrath has been revealed. So, I said we'd come back and address these things. So how do we explain these then if we can't? If we know that God's verdict is awful, that God's wrath has been revealed against all this, what is, why does these things exist? You know, why do these questions come up? If God's so good, why is there evil? Well, you know what? God's, as I said before, God's full wrath has not been revealed. Because it did, we'd cease to exist. If God's righteous wrath poured out on us because of our sin, we'd cease to exist. But God has made it a way, I think, there's many reasons why these things are here, right? Why God allows these things. But in one case, He wants mankind to repent. 
He's provided a pardon. We'll just stay in the chapter. It's called this. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to conclude with this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Michael talked about it. It's not that I'm bashful. You know, when I, I have a dream and I, I, I'm up there speaking or something and I look down and I have no pants and I'm ashamed. It's not like that. It's that it will not disappoint you. It will not disappoint you. It's going to bring you confidence. I'm, I have confidence in the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation. This is verse 16 to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek for in it. We got too fast. So it's the power of God, the gospel for salvation to everyone who believes. So all this that has been going on because of man's constant rejection of God and the sickness that we see in this world and the way the world, the shape it's in, well, God has provided a way, a pardon from all that. And God has allowed, in my mind, what I can see in the Bible, that God has allowed this partial wrath to come upon this world and allowed them to go further because hopefully what they'll see with the Holy Spirit prodding them and showing that there's going to be judgment of sin, a final judgment, that listen, this is just going to get worse. It's not going to get better. We can't band together and put our great minds and think, how can we get ourselves out of this mess? You think how uh, how messed up, you talk about messed up, how why they can't find any peace in, in, the, in the land of Israel with the surrounding countries. That's never going to happen because mankind's evil, right? And we see these kind of things that, we just can't get to the desired location, the desired location or desired result we want because we're working with damaged goods. Right? We're working with a problem of sin. God has provided a pardon. I think this is what He allows these things to happen because He wants us to see that with, uh, without Him, there'd be nothing. Not only we would not exist, but without Him, if we continue down this line of thinking of pursuing pleasures and continually pushing Him away and say, listen, I don't need you. I don't need you, God. Fine. Look at all the things that end up happening. And when we come to the end of our rope, and I'm sure this has happened to people in this room, I'm sure at one point, especially if you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. So listen, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. This weight of this sin... And everything that has happened to the base mind, well, God has to provide a pardon for it. That righteous wrath that has been poured out upon another person, the Lord Jesus Christ, He took our place there on that cross. And He's proven victorious, right? Three days later, rising from the dead, proving that the final enemy of mankind, death, has been defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God has provided a pardon. While we have God's verdict from heaven that this wrath has been revealed, it's a partial wrath. Right? He has a lot. It's bad. We see it out in the world. We just gotta look that, we don't have to look that far. Turn on the TV, look at the news, right? How awful things are. And, and people's mind of thinking and, and we think, we hear the social justice and all this. It's a skewed justice. The only justice, the true justice is what we read in the Bible. But God has provided a pardon. God has provided a way to be saved from this present generation. And that's through the gospel for is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time, Lord, that we look into your word. And these are heavy um, heavy words that your wrath has been revealed, Lord. We, we, we tend not to want to think about this, um, especially when we're talking to individuals and we want to talk about love. But, Father, we can't get to that point without re- realizing. We couldn't come to you without realizing that our sin um, demanded a penalty. 
And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so we thank you for the Lord Jesus for dying on our behalf and taking that penalty. And Father, we just pray as we, uh, those who do know the Lord Jesus Christ, that they leave here, including myself, Lord, and just realize that, that the world is, is sick. They have a debased mind. Without you, that these things that you have poured out upon them are just going to get worse, but you have provided the answer through the gospel. And I just pray, Lord, I also would be, um, just pray for anyone here, because I would think that they're, not everybody here is saved. There has to be somebody here. Maybe that doesn't know you, your son is personal savior. I just pray that they come to know, um, your salvation, to come to know what life is about, and know that their sins are forgiven. They have a home in heaven. And so we just commit these things into your hands, and we just pray that you bring us home safely. In the Lord Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.